This is episode number 12 of the School of Success podcast series with the amazing and truly inspiring Sabine Matharu, founder of the Empowerment Portal, a unique holistic solution for organizations to elevate the whole human at work. Sabine is also a leadership coach, empowering in particular females to move from employee status to entrepreneurs blazing their own trails in the business world. Welcome to the School of Success podcast series. My name is Melanie Pritchard, former lawyer turned success coach and corporate wellbeing trainer. And each month, we bring you an inspiring person and message to help you discover the tools for creating happiness in the widest sense. Diane Garrick said, One of the biggest challenges is for women to find an organization that's willing to accept them back after they leave the workforce to raise children without taking a cut in compensation and responsibility. Eleanor Roosevelt said, a woman is like a tea bag. You never know how strong she is until she gets in hot water. We have a very special guest on today's podcast episode, Sabine Matharu, founder of the Empowerment Portal and leadership coach for female entrepreneurs. Designed to restore and increase productivity, engagement and ensure staff retention in organizations, the Empowerment Portal is a unique holistic solution for organizations to elevate the whole human at work. Sabine comes with years of experience in management consulting and as a corporate leadership consultant who has worked with over a thousand people in senior positions helping them to reach their own greatness. In today's podcast, we'll be discussing insights into the key pain points for working mothers that no one talks about. Top tips for women really wanting to leave employed work to set up their own businesses, but with little idea of how to make the leap. Why the pandemic was a huge wake-up call for working mums and beyond, and how we can leverage this to turn overwhelm into true self-actualization. And finally, how organizations can better support working parents and other employees. We'll also be busting through some serious myths that keep us stuck, and this idea that moving from a stable employee with safe income that keeps our families safe towards entrepreneurialism means giving up everything that we need for a stable existence and why authenticity is the greatest superpower you have in moving towards your dreams. I hope you guys are as excited as I am about this episode. So without further ado, let me introduce you to the one, the only, Sabine Matharu. Welcome to the School of Success podcast, Sabine. I'm absolutely thrilled to have you here. How are you doing? Hey, thank you, Melanie. I'm very well. Good. Pleased to be here. Brilliant. Well, very happy to have you. So, Sabine, before we plunge in, I would love it if you could just give us a quick rundown of of you and what you do. That is a big question, (laughs) as you know. Well, so primarily, I come from the corporate world, and I made it my mission to A, help 
other people in corporate, yep. live a better life, be more happy, yep. whatever that means, <laughs> obviously, yep. in their jobs. Yep. On the other hand, uh, I actually work with female entrepreneurs who want to establish themselves in an online business, especially mm-hmm. with people who have online coaching, digital um, products and services that they want to offer. And I also publish books. As you know, I love collaborating, networking, helping others become visible and, and just help them get out there and get the voices out there. Wow. Yeah, you're a very talented lady, Sabine. You work with so many different clients and you have so many amazing superpowers, it seems. If you had to pick like one superpower, being your least modest self, what would you say it is? What do people, you know, comment on? I think it's my speed. I'm like a whirlwind. I always have new <laughs> ideas. And I can really and I can really like put the dots together, like like connect up all the dots. Yeah. Some people might have some sort of loose ideas and then I just make it into something that's absolutely amazing and that they can actually go and, and do and see really work. Yeah, yeah. And I can see how that's happened, Sabine, because when I was reviewing, you know, your very inspiring and incredible CV, I could see that you moved from, you know, management consulting, very impressive in and of itself, towards, you know, becoming a lean business manager um, and then obviously, you know, a self-published author and, you know, then sort of moving towards growth development specialism. So, yeah, you wear a lot of hats, don't you? Yes. And you know what? It wasn't always like that. So I just want to tell anyone who's actually listening and thinking, oh, my goodness, I wasn't like this before. I was in a normal nine to five job. I just did what I've been told to go and do. And and of course, I always wanted to make that difference. But that was probably one of the reasons why I came out of the nine to five. Yeah. Actually be able to make that impact. And it took a lot of courage. Yeah, yeah. Overnight, for sure. And that's interesting, Sabine, because you said I sort of did what I was told to do. Um, Tell me more about that versus, like you say, developing the courage to blaze your own trail and shift path in the way that felt good. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I never really had like a job where I was just doing mundane admin type tasks. I I knew already when I went through school, university, that I never wanted to go into that arena because I I knew I was a creative person and a problem solver and I was always sort of go and troubleshoot. But obviously I had a boss as well. And obviously bosses tell you, you know, you can do certain things, but you can't do other things. And quite often there were things that I didn't agree with. And I guess that was the thing where, where I had to just put up with. And as a woman, I was working quite often with senior leadership teams and quite often also male counterparts yeah. that was very different and quite often I, I I now obviously realized because I was quite young when I was in these positions that I wouldn't make myself hurt mm-hmm. I, I wasn't able to speak my truth because I was too scared mm. about being judged or maybe getting onto the blacklist or being pushed out the organization because some of my opinion wasn't very popular mm. That's interesting because you seem quite diplomatic to me as well. What sort of opinions did you feel weren't so popular? I'm intrigued. Oh, I guess I, I was pretty much very strong, strongly about sort of this women's empowerment at the workplace. Yeah. And I think this is where it all started when I came out of corporate to say, look, it, this has yeah. to change because um, there were 
occasions when obviously I'm a mom of two children and when I had my children I had some real difficulties in my workplace to be quite honest which shouldn't really happen in this day and age but I was in senior management and you know it was pretty much I should have just seamlessly sort of back integrated back into my workplace doing the same amount of insane hours as I did before my maternity leave and and it just didn't align with me anymore yeah so yeah there, there was there was obviously things I did say and I pushed back and I made my voice voice really heard in in these situations wow and that was a kind of protective towards any of the other people you know all of a sudden when you become pregnant or somewhere you're know, like everyone's pregnant around you kind of yes. thing you know, yeah. noting, um, all these people all of a sudden and there were quite a number of other women that were also pregnant and had small children in the workplace and we had a lot of conversations about how they were feeling and how they were balancing you know and that whether you're in a job or whether you're an entrepreneur you're actually feeling you know as a mother you kind of take on more responsibility despite my husband being there and obviously supportive a mom is always a mom and there's always these kind of being torn feelings like being you know feeling guilty not being around all day and then having the kids in nursery and all that kind of stuff so that was for me kind of the turning point where I decided I'm not I'm not I don't want to play that game anymore absolutely so it sounds like um you know you were it feels like looking at your cv in a sense that your career can be split into two halves really being you know a very dynamic powerful lady in the corporate world working for companies like Jacobs and Mars and then kind of, yeah, moving in a more creative entrepreneurial direction and forging what fitted with your lifestyle better. Does that feel about right? Yeah, absolutely. Wow. That was the reason why I decided. Because mm-hmm. I knew, I mean, and everyone would have the same similar opportunity if they really sit down, think about what are they good at? What are they really enjoying yeah. in their current career or what they've been doing? Just pick the cherries kind of thing. Yeah. Because I asked... You know, I was asked around and people always said to me, hey, you're so good with your training and coaching and you're just so patient explaining yeah. things to us and so that we can understand it. And that's always been my forte, to be yeah. honest. And, yeah. and hence, I then thought, you know what, I think I could actually do exactly what I'm doing, yeah. you know, in, in the corporate outside for, for myself. Absolutely. Monetize your natural gifts. That's incredible. And I love the way you actually took the initiative to ask people, what do you think my superpowers are? Because that's something, obviously, I do career coaching and that's something a lot of Brits might feel a bit, you know, reserved and shy about doing. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> Brilliant. So would you have a top tip, Sabine, for anyone who's feeling kind of unsure about their career? As a lot of people have, you know, post pandemic, there's been a lot of reflection. What would be your kind of top tip for someone who's thinking I'm really lost, but I'm not happy with what I'm doing. Um, it's not meeting my lifestyle needs. Any thoughts? Well, firstly, don't throw all the toys out the pram straight away. Yeah. Don't think don't think entrepreneurship straight away is the solution. Yeah. It is hard when you get started because yeah. all of a sudden you 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 don't have an income or you have to make your income, you have to make it work. And quite often what you're seeing out there right now online are a lot of shiny objects you know Mm -hmm. there's a lot of stuff happening on social media Mm. people are saying i don't know i just made 50k last month 100k overnight and all this stuff that it may or may not be true (laughs) okay if it is true then obviously you 
they they would have built their business for for potentially years it takes yeah. a long time okay yeah. and so i would always say like really look at what it is that you are enjoying in mm-hmm. your current role right now yeah what is it that you're not so enjoying yeah. and then where's the gap and could you potentially fill the gap where you are right now mm-hmm. right and how could you do that maybe you could have some conversations or maybe there are other opportunities within yeah wherever you are right now mm-hmm. or you could potentially build a business on the side so it's not so risky and you're not sort of you know um, stressing out about having to make money next month brilliant so yeah that's that's what I would say I love that that last point, Sabine, in particular, because what I notice, and I'm sure you do too with clients, is we all have limiting beliefs and we're like, but building a business is risky. It's throwing everything away. But there's a gray area. Very few entrepreneurs go from employed straight into being a successful entrepreneur. There's always a crossover period, really, isn't there? Yes, absolutely. Well, especially because, and, and that's where we cross over into my area of expertise, where I help female entrepreneurs. And of course, I would also help male entrepreneurs <laughs> as well it's just i've been working a lot with women who have been in similar situations as myself yeah when they start their business what are the main key things that they need to have in place first yeah they always think it's it's a website for example right and the logo and the brand but that's actually not the truth yeah right so yeah. there's a lot of things one can do just on the side building that business up maybe totally. getting a few one-to-one clients getting a few testimonials under their belt, right? Mm. And and sort of testing the market, doing some research before they go all in. Lovely. Amazing. Um, And from your, you know, vast experience, Sabine, have you found that there are any particular like mental blocks that confront people, particularly those who are maybe thinking about, you know, creating their own business? What are the main mental blocks that you see? Yes, absolutely. It's not believing in yourself. You, uh, You know, you are, you can't do this. You may not be worthy. Who wants to hear from me? Yeah. I'm, you know, I need a coaching certificate, <laughs> or, or you know, I need better. Um, yeah, it, it's all the it's it's to do with yourself. Yeah. And then I also hear, well, there there's already so many co- so many other companies, or there's already such big competition out there. The market is absolutely flooded with coaches right now and specifically post-pandemic there's a lot of people that have actually come into the market I do say but I guess this is where I guess my 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 tip number two here would be then do not go solo don't don't try to do this on your own you will fast track your success if you have some sort of mentor or coach who will be able to show you the way and make sure that you stand out if Mm -hmm. one of the concerns is the you know uh, there is so much competition yeah to how you can actually really build that business fast track and stand out from the crowd because mm. at the end of the day you are you nobody else in the whole world can be you yeah and that's already your unique yes. brand that's so powerful I almost got tingles when you said that because it's like being the authentic you what, what's special about you and just playing to who you really are rather than that awful like you say, comparison culture on social media, which is constantly inciting you, in a sense, to be something you're not, to be different, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Powerful. Absolutely. And and there's a lot of people who are almost going back to basic now. I feel that they want authentic connections. Yeah. That, you know, 
the mass produced things, those big programs or big group programs, people actually don't want to go into those arenas anymore because they just want more personalized services. Yeah, absolutely right. And I, I also really love what you say, Sabine, which sounds so obvious when you say it out loud. Um, same as to a client yesterday, who's a brilliant guy, but is struggling with marketing. Um, and I said, I always think of marketing, like um, if you imagine a brilliant chateau with no road signs, how's anyone going to find it? It doesn't matter how brilliant it is. But I was like, you know, maybe that you need to speak to like a marketing pro or a marketing coach around that. But I think you're right. Outsourcing to experts expedites success, doesn't it? Why try and be everything? Nobody can have superpowers in every area. Brilliant. And, and, that's, and that's why it's so great to still have a job because you will be able to fund these people that's very, and very good point the stability and i love that word authenticity sabine have you noticed um and it sounds again like a really silly question but what would your top tips be for someone who's like oh i should know you know who i am and what my superpowers are have you noticed there are any kind of day-to-day -day things that people can do to like connect with their authentic selves to really yeah mm -hmm. just reflect on who they are what's special about them what excites them all that stuff yeah absolutely i mean we all have the answers within ourselves already mm. in that respect mm. it's just we have to listen to ourselves and how do we do that yeah. i guess we yeah. just take a pen and paper and start journaling asking ourselves some questions nice. or doing a meditation and, and or just sit still and just listen to what's going on in your head because yeah. i don't know if you notice melanie but sometimes you know if you're about to go to sleep or you have a shower you just sort of sit still somewhere all of a sudden you have this amazing brilliant idea that you need to go and implement straight away and those are the golden nuggets that's what you want to harness from your it's not it's not, not even in your brain i think it's in your um subconscious somewhere that you can actually tap into that information yeah absolutely i love that l word that you use you have to listen have to create space to listen it sounds so easy doesn't it and i guess that that almost weaves intuitively sabine into um the pandemic question um you know some people were seemingly finding it quite an appealing prospect having more time and space you know to connect with themselves and other people were overwhelmed now i know you work with a lot of women and female entrepreneurs what was your experience with those female entrepreneurs like how were they finding life at that at that stage especially ones with children well I, th I think they were all stressed out just as much as I was because <laughs> homeschooling has really put a spanner in our works. Yes. And I was actually building my second business up as well at that time, which is which is another great, big, great story. Yeah. Um, but it was it was really juggling. And and what happened was that there were a lot of expectations, external expectations from, for example, schools yep. to still continue with the homeschooling and just running as if we were normal. And at this one time, I just said, you know what, I decided for myself, it's not normal. And we, you know, we, we I, I can't keep running the way I was running before, yeah. trying to, you know, keep all the plates spinning all the time. So I decided for myself to take that space, like, for myself and, and step back. Mm -hmm. and, and and had conversation with the children as to how they wanted to manage their workload. Mm. I even had a conversation with the teachers and said, look, it's just not possible yeah. that I'm there between nine and three because I'm also running businesses. And I think sometimes we just need to take a deep breather and say, well, actually, that's how it is, how it is. Yeah. Right? We, and I mean, we were still healthy and lucky, right? I mean, yeah. we we were 
what's the worst thing that can happen by not doing a homework? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nothing really. It's, it's in comparison to what was going on out there, yeah. it was a small problem. Yeah. And I think quite often, and this would relate to anything that happens in anyone's kind of life where they are really stressed out, just always take a step back and says, what's the worst thing that can really happen? Yeah. I felt, that would yeah. put things into perspective. I felt relief when you said that. It's like that question, how will you feel about this in six months? And you, you almost feel quite ridiculous when you say that, don't you? Absolutely. Yeah. Very, Absolutely. very powerful. Um, so in terms of the pandemic, Sabine, I know that you've um, obviously been the incredible co-creator of the book Shift, A New Era Begins, which I have contributed to myself in terms of a story. Would you like to share just with the listeners what that's about? Yeah, so again, this book came about by me listening. I was never planning to become an author. Yeah. Um, even my husband, when I first told him, I have an idea for a book, because I literally woke up one morning, it was in 2018, so yeah, a few years ago, mm -hmm. and he was like, uh, go and write a book with 100 inspirational people and share their stories and, and inspire others. I'm like, okay. Right, I, I can I can probably do that because as long as I don't have to write my own book on my own, um, and I thought oh, these are advantages because all the other people may be feeling the same way that they want to actually share their story, but they don't know anything about publishing or how to get out there. It's just a lot of work, a lot of hassle, and I thought, well, I think this could be a great idea. So uh, I just want to I'm just going back a few steps because I really want the listeners to understand. The process of that as well and the courage it took yeah. before we dive into the third book which is obviously the shift um a new era begins but the first book was about rise it's called rise in pursuit of empowerment and for me i have had risen myself as well yep. and the title just came out of the togetherness with the the author so obviously rise has 25 authors uh, the second book that was released in February 2020, so Rise was in 2019, and a year later, just before the pandemic, was a second book entitled Joy, Recipes for Abundance. Mm. And again, that was a time when I felt joyful. It didn't, yeah. didn't last very long, obviously, the pandemic hit <laughs> a month after. But as I had released that book, Joy, in February, I had no idea what the next book would be. I just knew it was going to be, instead of one big book with 100 stories it would be four times 25 stories yeah so when the pandemic hit it was like again I was in bed like just thinking or it just came to me that vision go and write a book about this historic time yeah. and share stories of the lockdown of the pandemic of everything that's happening in the world mm. and inspire others bring out the good yeah and that's what I got and then off I went I just put out some emails and some social media posts and reached into my network and then what now 18 months later we, we, we just you know got that out on Amazon wow it's incredible Sabine um because I'm sure a lot of people have toyed with the idea of writing a book and there's a book in everyone and all that jazz but how did you even know where to start with self-publishing because that just sounds like a completely unknown beast I know. Well, I guess I'm a little bit lucky because my husband is actually a graphic designer. Oh. Although he hadn't done any book design work prior, I knew he would at least be able to get me a nice cover hmm. and he could help me with some sort of typeset. But again, 
for him, even for him, it was quite new to yeah. venture into the whole setup. I mean, I, I actually, uh, well, let me say this. At the time when I had this idea to write this hundred, hundred stories, I was doing online networking events, and that was already pre-pandemic. So yeah. that's how mobile I already was before. It was already quite normal to me. Yeah, and. And it was literally two weeks or maybe a week after I had this idea. In my networking event, a lady came and she said, I'm a copywriter. I do collaborative books. And I'm like, this is interesting. Hmm. There is a reason why this person is in my networking event. Because I kind of dismissed it initially. Like, oh, I'm not sure if I can do this. And then I thought, okay, let's have a conversation. So I spoke to her and I asked her about experience and how this is best done then she straight away told me don't do a hundred stories in one book it's gonna take you ages wow it would be quite a heavy bible by now and so we started brainstorming and then she introduced me someone who could handle amazon side of things because i had no idea about amazon and and all the stuff myself kindle books yeah and so on so yeah and this person those two were then my team members and including my husband so we had three people so a lady who Amazon, the copywriter, and, and my husband. So I wasn't alone. It's about getting the right team. Yeah. Of course, when you do it more than once. So the second round was easier because I already had a template for the book. I already yep. knew what to do. I already yep. had the copywriter in place again. I uh, had the contracts, the paperwork, processes. Yes. It becomes easier and easier every time you do it. I'm noticing a theme with you, Sabine. You're very resourceful. You know, you get experts on board. And then you're, you're very good at seeing the bigger picture, as you say, and joining the dots. Um, and it's really interesting that you met that copywriter and from that, you know, some other great people through networking. Now, I'm sure you've found the same with clients, but I find that a lot of clients have massive fears around networking. Would you have a top tip around networking or any way that people can reframe it as being sharky and, you know, self-serving? Oh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, you hit, you hit in quite a, a point here. And um, I actually don't like to go to those shark in it working <laughs> myself because I just don't don't feel aligned mm. and what I was doing before and now I'm starting this again is like these empowering circles I call them I don't I don't call them networking anymore mm-hmm. because obviously you have the typical networks where everyone's kind of pitting to each other and you know and and to me it doesn't seem like people are listening to you and I really genuinely want to connect mm. and so for me the networking aspect is more like giving some value mm-hmm. and totally being yourself mm-hmm. and don't even try to kind of pitch or sell just be yourself because wow. that pitching is so uh, it, I think it, it, put, it put, can put someone off yeah I mean I, I've been to events where when people are really pitchy Mm-mm. they're just they, they're just achieve the opposite wow so that would probably even really alleviate some of the pressures that people might have when it comes to going networking and just reframe it by saying well actually i'm just going there as a person wanting to make connections and friendships and i'm not even there to pitch so don't even try that so it's like take take the n-word out altogether again that theme of authenticity popping up just be yourself you know what are you doing when you're brilliant you know what compliments do you get for being yourself it's almost the opposite of what we're bred to think as 18-year-olds. My dad says I should do this and this is impressive and this sexy job title will impress at dinner parties. I love the way you're you're almost starting a revolution around like rooted in authenticity, which is where everything, you know, comes from with ease, doesn't it? 
Brilliant. Exactly. And this is not easy for me. I tell you that, Mel, because um, I, I am a very process-driven person. <laughs> and you know me, I, I like strategy, I like processes, I build sales funnels, and I do all this stuff that is so strategic. But yeah. the, the longer I'm in business and the more I kind of relax a little bit, I actually get more back and wow. I'm thinking, well, actually, why are we pushing so hard mm-hmm. when it could be so easy? And I'm still learning this. I haven't mastered it, but I'm just saying it does work. Obviously, it's not about med- meditating all day and then doing <laughs> nothing. It is potentially meditating, getting some answers, writing down those ideas and then go and action them. Okay. Yeah, that's really good. So, so when you say relax... Do you mean like be in a relaxed enough state to listen to what you really want to do and then th- and then to follow almost the least re- the path of least resistance, the one that really comes naturally that stems from that from your heart, yeah. your authentic place? Exactly. Oh, exactly. Wow. And 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 then the next thing I would say as well is the doing part. Mm-hmm. This is not easy either. I mean, now I'm talking from my perspective as an entrepreneur. I need to bring business in. Yeah. So that means I need to make those connections and that can feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. when we're going out of our comfort zones because mm-hmm. we could potentially be judged or being rejected, getting a no. And this is also a learning process. And I'm saying I am still not 100% there either. So the thing is I've noticed is mm-hmm. if you're fearing that no or that rejection, you're kind of hiding. You're not going out there. You're not speaking to people mm-hmm. because you want to avoid that uncomfortable feeling. So mm-hmm. what I've learned now is to say, well, actually, think about it that way. If you don't share with people what you do, how can you do that amazing work, potentially transformational stuff that you're doing? Yeah. Um, you owe it, you owe it to yourself and you owe it to your clients. And when they say no they may just not be ready for you to work with you. It's maybe nothing to do with you as a person. It's maybe just your service. And quite often entrepreneurs are taking it very, very personal when they get a no because they feel personally rejected. Mm. Yeah, that's that's a really powerful way of reframing it. Absolutely. And um, just coming back to the book, Sabine, I mean, you're very modest because I know that your previous books were bestsellers, which is very inspiring. Um, and I also know that, you know, on the calls that we've had around, you know, with the other 24 people who have contributed their short stories, I felt very inspired by the heart sort of felt nature of people's tales. Can you just give us a little teaser, like some sexy buzzwords? What are some, some of the key themes from the book? Like, what are the stories about? You know, because I know there's such a range oh, yeah. of people. Oh, they're all very different. So everyone's obviously experienced the pandemic in a different way. So yeah. we have. So 25 stories, I counted 15 different nationalities from 10 different countries, all genders, ages. um, And yeah, I mean, of course, I have a few highlights. As I said, all the stories are very different and told from different. I guess one of my highlights, and, and I think it just goes to show how, you know, I mean, I moved over here from Austria and... And, you know, this is kind of my second home now where I am in the UK. And I wanted to include heroes of my town here because they were able to, you know, they had to do so much stuff in the background, Mm. organize, you know, there were elderly people to be fed. There were homeless people to be housed. 
mm. in, there, there were vaccination centers built and you know thousands of people going through vaccination centers so one of the stories i've got in there and we're also supporting by the way the charity that is behind that it's called uh, one Slough. so one Slough, uh jamie green is one of the guys who's, who's been at the co-face in the yeah. front line and has been working tirelessly day in day out and his story is in the book as to how the first meetings actually happened in the town right the charities and the the, the, the people from um i guess from council that were coming together and the conversations that were going on yeah. way before we ever knew the pandemic was in existence they had already prepared for that wow and that is just and i've done a podcast with him as well um it's called by the way the couch talk if i anyone wants to go and have a look i think it must be somewhere on spotify yeah. for sure and and i interviewed jamie and that's how i got him into the book because i wanted to really get those stories in that have made huge impact yeah. uh, and and we have a collateral of other ones as well you know one one guy is a hr director how he has felt the pandemic how even his bosses actually gave a portion of their salary to the people that were furloughed you know because in the oh. hotel industry right he's in in a hotel um yeah in in the hospitality industry these waiters and waitresses actually lived off tip you know and and because the restaurants were closed that money you know they didn't have that so yeah. how they shifted internally and how these senior directors and managers actually you know had the heart to actually help their staff and wow. how they kept them engaged it's just incredible. That's really lovely to hear because we obviously often hear the bad stuff in the newspapers. And that's what I loved when I read your book, Joy. Um, yeah, yeah, but it was very uplifting. It was the positive stuff. It was almost like happy news, you know, how we grow through adversity. Um, so obviously that was really interesting what you just mentioned about the HR director and a company that really did get it right in empowering and supporting people's well-being and happiness. Um, I'd love to hear a bit more, Sabine, about the empowerment portal, because I understand that that really helps businesses with some key pain points that might keep them stuck. Tell us a little bit mm -hmm. about it and, and how it supports companies and individuals. Exactly. So that's my latest project, if you like. As you say, I've got a string of projects, but they're all interconnected. And mm. I think it's all now coming together into the empowerment portal with whatever I've done with the books or my consulting work it's coming back into the empowerment portal which is an online platform mm -hmm. actually hybrid actually because you know you can't just have online courses and programs on there for people to really make a shift yeah and transformation so we're actually coupling this with um some real life coaching one-to-one -one mm. coaching group coaching yeah uh, leadership coaching as well as sort of um we call it empowering hours mm. right like mini webinars but they're really empowering hours where all staff members can participate because you know how it is most of the time managers and leaders are being sent to leadership coaching programs yeah right they go somewhere and then they come back on a monday morning and then they have all this new amazing knowledge which they eagerly want to implement but then everyone around them is not at the same page yeah they don't know what they're on about and and i decided well actually we need something for organizations teams and individuals where we all can actually grow at the same pace mm. at the same time to actually up level because you know the people who are not performing who are disengaged 
they are the ones that probably need most support. Yes. And quite often, especially now with the pandemic, we see that the reason why they're disengaged may be because they have mental wellness issues. Yes. Stress. Yeah. Uh, maybe even illnesses, which they, they don't want to really talk about at work. Maybe they're having relationship problems. They're going through divorce. Maybe there's parenting issues. You don't know. And mm-hmm. that's what the Empowerment Portal brings. Yeah. We bring a holistic whole human solution to the workplace mm-hmm. where we actually work with organizations to implement and help those employees look i call it looking at the underneath the iceberg yeah. under, and sort of because if you look at it when people go to work you only see the tip of the iceberg right totally. you only see like people have a mask and they pretend yeah and what's underneath the iceberg what's happening at home and everything else and all the dynamics yeah that you know the employer never sees it and they mm-hmm. probably never really are 100 percent aware how that actually impacts your productivity and, yes. and your life inside of work absolutely i love that iceberg image sabine it reminds me of um a recent workshop mental health workshop i did and there was a partner in the group and he opened up to the group and said i actually got divorced during lockdown it was the worst time of my life and everyone said are you joking mate we had no idea so there mm-hmm. you are what so much was going on beneath the surface and nobody even knew so I think it's so, so important what you say. Um, and Sabine, I know that you've had, we're coming to the end now, but I know that you've had um, several management positions. And one thing I hear again and again from, you know, employees and workshops is having had bad managers. What do you think um, is one of the key sort of strengths that a good manager will bring in, in their role to their team? I would say it's about coaching and mentoring in the right way. Mm holding the space for someone's potential. And I can give you quite a concrete uh, example here. Because mm-hmm. I was a manager myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, I had my own fair share of managers. Yeah. But me being a manager, I actually understood that, you know, often we would need to make the organization a bit more lean. So some people had to leave. And those that didn't quite perform had to leave. Mm-hmm. So I had those conversations. And there was one occasion I really remember. It was such a lovely guy. And I thought, well, this guy has been with the organization for a long, long time. And so I just asked him, what are your strengths, really? What is it that you really enjoy doing? Mm. I know you don't like to work in in this department. I know you, you know, we got on very well. He loved me as being his manager. I said, look, if I can do anything to help you to move maybe sideways, yeah. where you feel like you can do a better job, let's explore this. Wow. And and we found this. I mean, it was going to be almost like either exit the organization or we'll find you another space. Yeah. And I was really for finding him another space. Wow. And when he started to work in his, this other space, he absolutely blossomed. Wow. This environment was just not the right place for him somewhere else was better so i think every manager should remind themselves of this that everyone has a potential they may just not be at the right place at this particular time wow you sound like a dream boss (laughs) brilliant questions to ask someone so empowering um and then our substantive question really sabine obviously you're a bit of a female specialist you really you know support and empower female entrepreneurs and you spoke about the struggles you had in earlier in your career as an employee and a female starting a family, what can companies do better to support women? Because as you said, rightly, happy employees are productive employees. What can they do better at? Yeah, absolutely. Again, understand people's situations. Yeah. And 
I never understood why I had to go and work a full nine to five job having two small children yeah. whilst I was offering part-time work hours. But I probably would have done the same sort of job anyway because or there is an opportunity to maybe delegate and bring someone else in. Yeah. You can then maybe do some more of the less sort of senior things because I was obviously also doing some admin type stuff which I didn't necessarily need to go and do. Just again, look at the people as to what they mm. they can do, what yeah. capacity they want to work in, and then make it work. Yeah. Even if it's a job share. Because it will make that, that the women so much more happy to be at home, even men, right? Because they want to be home with the children and have their time as well. Yes. And have the work-life balance. Absolutely. It's the L word again, isn't it? Making time to listen to people and but making the time and you the wider and find a need solution and yeah. don't just don't just follow the rules oh this is not possible because hr says so or these are not yeah. our terms and conditions or the mm-hmm. rules and so on mm. rules and i write about this in the chief book yeah man made rules that made us unhappy yes. we were following them all the time and now they were broken yeah that's why there is a shift and a new era and we need to ride that new era yep. we need to push that new era and ask for it as well absolutely now this fresh disruption has happened mm-hmm. already we've got that opportunity yeah you're right it's like um the pandemics of volcano it's pushed the lava to the surface and we need there needs to be a new era right as you said at the book title um, and I guess there needs to be a joined up approach from businesses, doesn't there? And senior leadership, because quite often, obviously, managers get a lot of blame, but it's tough being a manager too. And not everyone has your skills, your people skills to listen. Not everyone is trained in coaching or mentoring. Um, you know, there often isn't communication between HR and senior leadership. So I can see how the empowerment portal could really support businesses in the round for sure. So um, one of the final questions, Sabine, what does success mean to you generally? For a long time, success meant financial success. Mm. But now I realize, actually, there's so much more to success. You know, already having health, good health is success. Yeah, health as well. You know, I mean, my children, my my family's success to me as well. Yeah. And, you know, and, and making an impact, like with the books and the empowerment portal. Yeah on its own at a success I think quite often we just keep on looking at okay we, we've not quite achieved the result the way we want it like money monetary like money wise for example we yeah. always say well I'm only successful when I made x amount of money or when I have a better job or when I have a I don't know a better car or a better house yeah well let's be successful now regardless yeah. what you do yeah don't wait for perfection. I feel like that's another theme that's popped up in our chat. It's working with imperfection, isn't it? Whether the imperfect tales in the book, stories of adversity and struggle and the beauty and inspiration and learnings that come through difficulty and the same, like you say, in businesses, listening, listening to people's imperfect lives and supporting them in that imperfection. We're human beings, aren't we? We're not human doings. Love it. Such important exactly. themes. Brilliant. Exactly. Theme. Perfectionism is not going to really happen. Well, yeah, I mean, it doesn't exist. I, I have these... I, for, for many years, I've had these amazing perfumes on the on the shelf, and I'm always always thinking, well, I'm I'm going to wear that when I when I have a go for out for a party, and I'm I'm thinking, well, why not wear it at home? Exactly. It's okay. Let's get the party started. <laughs> exactly. That's success. <laughs> exactly. That's how we can live life every day in abundance, 
That's yeah. exactly what we wrote about in the Joy Book. Yeah. Receive abundance every single day. We don't have to wait for that. and have to wait for that external success. Success starts within and you can start it now and you can so much more enjoy the journey to wherever you're going, wherever you're heading. Absolutely right. Brilliant stuff. Um, where can we find you online, Sabine? So one is obviously the empowermentportal.com. Yeah. Um, and then if you are interested to have a look at the book mm-hmm. on Amazon, mm. uh, you can also grab obviously the shift book. We've got some amazing bonuses. Mm-hmm. Uh, people can actually have a 30 day free trial of the empowerment portal. Wow. The page to go on that one is learn more about dot info slash shift. Brilliant. Thank you. That sounds like an amazing deal. And um, I can testify, having read Joy, um, it was really enjoyable. Short stories really lift you up, leave you feeling um, part of the human race, really, and inspired and empowered. So, yeah, I would definitely recommend Shift, A New Era Begins. Great um, stocking filler or Christmas present for any, um, I was going to say, men out there, not sure what to buy their wives. Very sexist. But let's be honest, um, it's a pretty good idea. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you so much. And, I mean, we have men in the book as well. Exactly. Either. Yeah, and actually, um, yeah, on that note, I think that's really great that you have men because something I've noticed through my work is um, men get a tough rap. It's so much harder being a woman. But actually, one of the real challenges that men face is um, the fear of seeming weak when they show vulnerability. So I'm really glad that you do fly the flag for men. Um, And I think it's important that men can read some of those tales because it normalizes challenge and opening up and sharing. And that's where all, you know, happiness begins, isn't it? Absolutely. Brilliant, Sabine. Well, thank you so much for coming on The School of Success. I've absolutely loved chatting to you um, and look forward to talking again soon. Thank you, Melanie. Appreciate it. Take it was care, a pleasure. Sabine.